Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. And I am excited to jump right on into this conversation. Uh, one of the things that I love so much about not only just social media, but the networks that you can build in real life, which is more important even than that. Um, and that is responsible for the conversation that we're about to have today. So those connections that you make, they really are the foundation of success or the foundation of everything truly. So I have the expert when it comes to that on today, and we're going to dive all into how you make lasting relationships. So today we're talking with uh, Jeff Fencer. And Jeff, I'm so excited to have you on the show. You're a best-selling author. You're the founder of Everbull. You're founder of many things. You're a serial entrepreneur, um, best-selling author, among many other things. Uh, and you are truly the relationship guru. You're the relationship guy. Um, so we're going to get into all of that, your tips and tools on what people can do to build strong, meaningful, connected uh, relationships. But before we do that on this show, we love to kind of unpeel the backstory just a little bit because, you know, none of us started in this successful, glorious spot we're in right now. We, uh, most of us had a pretty rough or interesting journey on, on getting there. Um, so welcome to the show, first of all. And then second of all, tell us, like, how did all this start? Where where did it start? Welcome, Jeff. Well, thank you for having me, Sarah. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on your show. I love your your future board. Um, thank was, you. was admiring that as, <laughs> uh, as we were chatting. So thank you. And, and always good to come on and Thank you, Anthony, for the introduction and the connection. Yes. Shout out um, to Anthony Trucks. He was shout out to Anthony how Trucks. We got here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll give you the back of my baseball card quickly, not to not to bore the audience too much, because I think that there's a lot to unpack in the power of relationship capital and how to build, you know, sustainable, great, lasting relationships that accelerate and amplify what we're doing. And that's one of my passions. So I want to spend more time there. But um, you know, I'm 40 years old, father of two daughters, 18-year-old and 12-year-old. Um, growing up. You know, I never thought about entrepreneurship. I never even knew that word. That was never in the cards. I was going to be a sports agent, go work for Lee Steinberg, went to law school. My third year of law school, I had a, a child. And when I graduated and it was 2007, you know, before social media and Zoom, you had to physically be everywhere. And so the idea of traveling the world, representing athletes and not being present, being a dad just wasn't the life I, I actually wanted. And so with six figures in law school debt and a baby and a fiance, it was time to figure out how to make some money. And so I got a job selling payroll for a big national or international company called ADP. They're actually the world's largest payroll company. Yeah. And, you know, I was selling payroll services to small and medium sized businesses. And my mentor and one of my close family friends and confidants is a guy named David Meltzer, who has a pretty big personal brand now. And maybe, maybe a lot of you know him, but we grew up together. Our moms were best friends and he's 15 years older than me. And I had interned and worked with him for so long and he really stressed the power of relationships and building good lasting relationships. And it's not what you know, it's who, you know. And so when I went to him after about 35, 40 days of working at ADP, I said, Dave, I have this territory. I got to sell payroll. Who do you know? That's a business owner that you could introduce me to. And he opened up his Rolodex, introduced me to about a hundred people. I sold 60, 70% of them. 
and was immediately the number one sales rep in the entire country. First to make President's Club, uh, made six figures in in commissions. I bought a house and moved my fiance and daughter into it, and said, "Hey, this is this is it. This is yeah, where I like, am. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I'll stay here forever. No yeah. problem." Well, six months and four days after I, I started at ADP, I hit my milestone in my contract, which meant I was supposed to get a raise. And I was making $38,000 base, which is nothing in Southern California, right. yeah. especially as a father. And I had a $1,300 a month law school loan payment. So I went to my boss and I said, hey, her name was Ashley. I said, Ashley, I achieved the milestone. When do I get my raise? And I was supposed to go from 38 to 54. And she said, you'll get it at the end of the fiscal year, which is in June. So starting July 1. And this was January. I was like, well, wait a second. Why do I have to wait six months? I already hit it. And she broke down, you know, fiscal year, big company, big bureaucracy. They don't really do this on a monthly or quarterly basis. It's annualized. You just were a, an outlier who did it early. Sorry. And went up the totem pole manager, super supervisor, next manager, you know, head of the office. And long story short, they basically said, Jeff, there's no way you're not getting it. And wow. I was 24. I felt just imprisoned with the idea wow. that I was going to spend my life waiting for some other time period till I'm going to get what I was supposed to get. And so I threatened to quit if they didn't give it to me. They called my bluff. So I went home and told my fiance, I want to quit my job, sell the house we just moved into and move into my parents' house and start my first company, which is a payroll business because I know how to sell it and I have the relationships. And so she was supportive and I did that. We sold the house, quit the job, moved in with mom and dad and 2007, right before the Great Recession, and started my first company, which was how I got into entrepreneurship and utilizing two things. You know, I'm now today, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've started a handful of businesses. I've sold a few. I failed a few. I have a bunch now. Um, but 85% of all of my wealth creation, you know, I've made millions of dollars and sold companies. It's not what I know, it's who I know. So 85% of all the wealth I've created has come from power relationships. And so I've really spent the last 20 years honing that one thing and building quality relationship capital and understanding how to use it. And that was the backbone for scale. And so sold the payroll business in 2011, sold a recruiting agency in 12, failed with two other companies. I started that next year, digital marketing agency with Neil Patel that we sold in 2015, and then started Everbull in 2016 with the idea that I could disrupt this space, started a construction company to vertically integrate. And so I built all my Everbulls and now we build for Shaquille O'Neal and Drew Brees and Big Chicken, Stretch Zone, Capriati's, Wing Zone, and a bunch of other brands. Import business where I import superfoods and we sell direct to consumer on QVC. And a few other small companies that do ancillary services to the main thing. So I leverage vertical integration for scale, relationship capital for explosive growth and scale. And that's kind wow, of the story of how I mean, we got her. Yeah, it's so incredible. And it's one of the things that I learned. I was in corporate sales. It's my background as well. And so I can relate to a lot of what you were saying. I think it was, it wasn't taught back then when I was in corporate sales, it was basically like, get the sale, make them happy enough and then get on and get the next Island one. Dial. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. I, I think there's more value in me really building a relationship with this person and being able to come back to them in six months and they actually want to meet with me. You know, so I started kind of digging into that and without a doubt, it would not be where I am today had I not done that. I mean, my first book has 52 stories and it was the first time I dipped into my network to say, because I never asked anything of anybody mm -hmm. as I was building my network ever. I always was like, how, you know, how can I make your life better? What can I bring to the table? Because I knew I was learning from them, right? But 
um, that was the one time I was like, okay, I haven't asked, like, can I interview you for my book? And without question, every single person I asked was like, obviously, like, of course, you know, like you're somebody that I trust. You're someone who's been in my circle in, in my life. If there's a chance I can, you know, return that favor or help you out, I will. Um, but that is not a skill set that everybody has, as you well know, right? And a lot of people are really scared to do that, really intimidated. So talk to us a little bit about A, like how you really started understanding what relationship capital was, and then maybe the the first one or two steps that you took sure. to build it. Yeah. So I think the mistake people make is they look at a relationship as this, call it love, call it friendship. Like, oh, I need to become friends with them. And we don't realize that it's more like a bank account. Mm. It's true with your children. It's true with your spouse or your or your partner. It's true with your parents. It's true with your friends. It's true with your coworkers, customers, investors. When you understand, when I say bank account, what I mean is there's a balance. So mm. I have a checking account and it's at Chase or Wells Fargo or Bank of America or wherever you bank. If I make deposits in there with income and right. I increase that balance, I become wealthy. If all I do is spend money, I run out of money and I'm broke. Truth, truth, the same is true in a relationship. So if all I ever do is ask favors, show up late, not be really a, a good human being on my side, and every time we have an interaction, it's about me, 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 and never about you, all I'm doing is making withdrawals in that relationship account. Conversely, if all of the time I'm doing, hey, how can I help you, Sarah? What can I do to do this? Hey, Sarah, I want to introduce you to this person. Hey, Sarah, I know your business is this. Let me let me add value. Hey, I know you're moving. Let me come help you. Or I know you love this kind of restaurant. I just thought of you and I went there and I just wanted to send you a picture. Or you're a sports fan and the Lakers win and I send you a, a nice text because the Lakers won last night. Whatever those touch or you love this band and they're coming to town. Did you know they're coming to town? Would you want to get tickets? Awesome. If not, you should go. But if it's all about you, I'm making deposits and I'm building that wealth. And so the first step is to understand that that's true with every relationship, parent to parent to child and everything else. So when you start to think about them in that way, you start to realize what you're doing wrong or where you can be doing stuff wrong. And you'll feel different about each interaction. That's the first critical step. And so I highly recommend everyone change that paradigm. It feels icky at first. You're like, well, that doesn't feel very genuine, but it is genuine. It's just understanding that we have an unspoken balance with each other. It's innate, it's subconscious, but we all know it. You know when that person calls that every time they call, they ask for money or a favor, you roll your eyes, you're like, uh-oh, what do they want mm -hmm. now? Yep, yep. Versus that other friend that is all about giving value. And when they call, you're like, hey, how yeah. are you, Sarah? It's great yep. to hear from you. I miss you. What's going on? That's, a, that's the, the foundational principle. And then from there, it's a question of what are you trying to accomplish? And so for a lot of people, and we're going to lean more into the business side. This is not how I make friends that I hang out with on the couch. This is how I use, utilize relationships to grow and scale. People quantify people too soon. They look at me and they go, well, I'm in technology sales. Jeff doesn't know anything about technology sales. So they're quick to ignore me and not want to talk to me because they don't think I add value yet. And so I'll share a story because to like your book, I think stories tell lessons way better than tactics. My payroll business that I started out of my mom's kitchen after I quit ADP, you know, it was a grind. Um, I quickly got some clients that I'd already sold for ADP and I started to continue to grow, but I was doing low six figures in revenue annually and, you know, slugging my way through early, right. early business, you know, about <laughs> half in. Um, but I had, I, I used to go to this one Albertson's grocery store every week for groceries for that, for the family. And when you're doing that, 
a lot of times people just don't think about that as an opportunity, but I'm a make friends guy. That's what I do. Like I live by two principles, make friends and have fun. So I have communication with people, especially people I see regularly. So if I go to a restaurant regularly, I get to know the waiters and the hosts and those people. And I, again, I don't go out to lunch, but it'd be like, Sarah, I know this about you. I know this about you. So we just, Hey, how was your weekend? What'd you get into? Cool. etc. So one of the checkout clerks at Albertsons was a woman I got to know over the you know 18 months that I've been going to that same Albertsons. And I knew she had two dogs and I knew she loved to go to dog beach with them. And she knew I had a little daughter in a business that I had started a payroll business. And she, she knew my wife at this time. And that was it. Like, it was yeah. like, Hey, you know, how are you? What's going on? What'd you do this weekend? And she, oh, I went to the dog beach, you know, whatever it was, right, simple right. conversation. 18 months in, she says to me, we're doing our little small talk. And she goes, Hey, Jeff, you have a payroll business. And I said, yeah. She goes, my brother's having a payroll problem. Can I connect you guys? Ah. About. Yeah. So me wanting to make a deposit in another human's in my, my bank account with this, of course, I'm happy to help him. I, I again, I have no idea that he's going to do anything for me. I'm right, thinking it's right. going to be a little bit of time. Lo and behold, it was a serious problem. I was able to help him navigate it. He had over a thousand employees in his company. He ended up hiring my payroll business to become his payroll provider. And it was a six figure a year contract and it doubled my annual revenue. Overnight. Wow. I love that story. And you're right. It makes the point a whole lot clearer, right? Because we do, we all do that. Like we'll go to Starbucks and we'll not interact or, you know, even, even people that we've met multiple times, we don't take the time to get to know them or interact with them or do the deposits like you're talking about. Like if I feel like that's pretty rare these days. And the lesson is everybody is someone's brother, sister, aunt, cousin, friend, niece, nephew, father, mother, right? Yep. Everybody has someone in their circle who could change your business overnight. And it doesn't mean that you're going to ask them for it, but because you're a good human being and you're making deposits and you've accumulated relationship capital with them, they're going to want to help you because they like you. Right. And the more Absolutely. people you have in the world that's going out every day, liking you, knowing what you do and trying to find ways to provide value because you add value to them, you're going to get these lucky moments or these relationship opportunities that everyone else goes, oh, that's just luck. It is luck. It was 18 months of building a relationship exactly. for seconds of luck, <laughs> right? Yep, I guarantee I you, that. had I just done this with my cell phone every time, hey, how are you? Yeah, and right? never that connection. Yeah. I don't get that business and my business doesn't double overnight. But now think about what happens. My business doubles in revenue and now I have a thousand employee company as my biggest client. So everyone else is smaller. So I can go upstream now and now I'm a mid-market business. And now I can talk about new services and now I can serve them and he can introduce me to other like-sized companies and be a referral. And from there, my company grew in from a low six-figure business. And then 18 months after that one interaction, we're now doing high seven, low eight figures in revenue. And I was able to ultimately sell the business. And so wow. I can attribute that entire trajectory. Yeah, you can check out map it out. all the way back. Yeah, you can map it all the way back. How do people who might feel pretty uncomfortable doing that initially, I mean, not everyone feels, you know, confident or comfortable to, to start those conversations. Um, they might feel like, oh, that's personal, or I don't want people to feel like I'm prying. Like, how do you kind of navigate that or get over that? Are there some some skills or some tactics that you found work pretty well to just kind of break those initial ice to like get it going? Well, the first thing is we show what's important to us with what we dress, how we dress, jewelry we may wear, hats, sunglasses, watches. I'm wearing an iWatch, right? So first question is, oh, is that the new iWatch? That's cool. Now you just broke the ice with me. That You asked me a question about something I have and I get to be the expert because 
the number one thing people like to do is talk about themselves. Right. Yep. And when you understand that and you utilize it to realize that I want to talk about myself, you want to talk about yourself, he or she wants to talk about themselves. So ask me a question about something. If you want to talk to me, ask me a question that gets me talking about something. If you're looking, if you can see this on video and you're not just hearing this, I have two jerseys behind me. Right. Oh, are you a Lakers fan or a Michael Jordan fan or a Kobe Bryant fan? I get to talk about something I like. And so now we're talking. It's not personal yet, but it is a little bit, right? You're asking me about something about me. So I can say, those are beautiful earrings. Where did you get them? Or like the first thing I asked you when we got connected on the Zoom was about your board behind you. Yeah, my future board, yep. Because I want you to talk about something that's important to you. And now I understand about your future board and how you're manifesting. And now I can take that conversation a million different ways to get to know you. Yeah. Because that's what I ultimately want to do. Yeah, I love that. I don't want it to be transactional. I want to get to know you, but I don't want it to be like, tell me about yourself because that's personal, right? So from that, I get to better understand by seeing your future board and your book, you know, that it led to your book and where you're going. I now know a little bit more so I can go second, third, fourth layer. So if you're really uncomfortable speaking to strangers, easiest thing is compliment them or ask them a question about some jewelry, their clothing. That's a cool shirt. Where did you get it? Awesome shoes. Are they comfortable? You know, I was looking at those shoes. I didn't know they came in that color. Beautiful purse. If they have a child, always say, what's your child's name? People love to talk about their children. And it's a simple icebreaker that just gets the conversation going. And then like all things, it takes practice, right? It's a muscle, this skill. So if you're not comfortable yet, you'll get more comfortable if every day you make a point of talking to one stranger in one restaurant, coffee shop, grocery store, library, mall, airport, Uber drivers. I mean, I I make really good friends with my Uber drivers. (laughs) And don't you feel like it just generally changes your vibration too? Like when you are interacting with someone and you're bringing that, whether it's just friendly or kindness or a hello or your outfit looks great or whatever the case is, like it just, it almost like raises your vibration as well. And you start to notice, Hey, people smile at me more people, you know, say nice things to me too. And so I love that. I love those tactical uh, tips. What about kind of the next phase? Let's say you've um, connected with someone, you've maybe had even a great conversation. You met for lunch, you met for coffee and you're like, Oh, this is a really cool person. Um, I could see where we would get along or whatever. What what do you do that isn't too much <laughs> and, you know, is kind of the right amount of like nurturing it, I guess, turning well, it into a deeper friendship. Friendship or business? Or or both. I mean, whichever way you want to go with it, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. there's a different methodology, but for me, it's Let's very business then. Yeah. yeah. I use a concept called solution-based selling. So what that means is I'm always trying to identify your problems, your issues, and how can I help solve it? Whether it's somebody I know, some information I have, some resource I have, or some service I can sell you, right? It doesn't really matter. But the point is the best way to get someone that you want to do business with. So I'm going to give you another real example. Um, We're doing a deal with Gary Vaynerchuk. Everyone wants to work with Gary. Right. I could be a me too guy and say, Gary, can I pay you to help endorse Everbull and all this stuff? That's just not going to get anywhere with someone like Gary. So the what I do, and when I do this with celebrities, I do this with influential humans, I do this with people I want to do business with, is I ask them one very specific question. And this is what I would ask you, Sarah. I'd say, Sarah, you got so much amazing things going on. What is one passion project or one big initiative you're working on right now that you haven't yet solved or is something that is standing in the way of you solving? Ooh, that's a great question because A, it makes you think, it makes you pause. Yep. And it's probably not where your focus usually is. 
because you're focused on things that you already have working on. So for you to get out of that and think, okay, what's the next thing that, you know, is in line for me, most people don't have the vision moving forward. Right. So for Gary, I asked him the question. I was with him. We were both speaking on a stage. We we're in the green room. And I said, Gary, what is one thing you're really working on hard right now that means the most here? What is your big objective for the next six months? And what's standing in the way? And he said, I'm launching these V Friends toys. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to sell them in toy machines in retail outlets around the country. And I've yet to find that first retail outlet to bring them in. Okay. Problem identified. Solution. Right. I have restaurants all across the country. So I said, Gary, I have restaurants across the country. What does that look like? I could bring them in and sell them to my customers. You do that? Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, let's talk about it. So now we had a conversation. We're going to put his toys in all of our stores. So you can go to Everbowls around the country to buy these BeFriend toys. Gary's going to promote Everbowl. He's going to show up to a few Everbowls for meet and greets. He's going to endorse Everbowl as the place to go get his BeFriends. And now I have an influential human like Gary Vaynerchuk endorsing Everbowl, which is what an amazing right, win yeah. for my brand. But I did something for him. Yeah, He's doing give... it for me because right. I made a deposit first. I He had a problem. I solved his problem first. It has benefit right. to me too. Yeah. But that's how I got that versus me saying, Gary, what would it cost? Or how can I, would you endorse my products? Right, would right, right. Do a meet and greet at everyone? That's all he gets all day long from everybody. Yeah. And the answer is no. Exactly. Right. That simplifies down to a not a Gary, but that could be just me and you, right? Which is, I want to learn from you, Sarah. So, you know, what is one thing that you're working on right now? And how can I help? What is yeah. standing in the way? And if you don't have a problem right now, and not everyone always does, but yeah. that's a very easy question to ask, which is what is something you're working on? I mean, it works really well because right. most people who are high achievers or high, you know, doing business yeah. and someone that you probably want to connect with that's can amplify your business. They have things like for Multiple me, I'm working things, on yeah. WeBuild, this new expansion of my construction arm, and I'm trying to find real estate in Atlanta and Las Vegas. That's a challenge right. I'm dealing with because I'm in San Diego, right? right so right. someone who can help me solve that. I'm indebted to them. I'm like, oh, that's so great, Sarah. Thank you. You just solved such a huge issue I'm dealing with right now. Now I feel like I owe you. And you yeah. made a deposit in our bank account. And I feel like I have a debt to serve. Like I owe Sarah. She was so instrumental in helping us. Thank you. Right? Right. I love like the follow-up. connecting us. Yeah. I love the follow-up piece of that is what are the obstacles um, or, you know, like what's standing in your way of getting there? And to answer your, your question, I'm moving my business into corporate. That's a whole different thing to do life coaching in a corporate environment. Um, I absolutely had to reach out to my network and say, I don't know how to do this. Will corporate ever buy this? Does this make sense? Like, how do I adapt it? Uh, and the same thing, like they were like, yes, let's figure this out. Let's do it. That was three years ago. Uh, we finished all of our beta testing and have multiple clients doing it. But I love the, the aspect of, I'm going to give first, but I'm also going to be genuinely, whatever it is that I'm asking for it, like I'm genuinely interested in the answer to that. I'm genuinely, in, so it's not like fake, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're not just throwing out a random thing. You are opening a discussion that you genuinely want to know about that is how you, you know, get to know somebody. So there is something in both of it. And I always say like in any relationship, and I agree with you hundred percent, like any relationship, there should be um, an a give and take, like there absolutely has to be what's in it for me on both sides. And mm -hmm. I always feel like, especially when I was starting out and, you know, my backstory, I started out on food stamps with like nothing trying to work my way up. And so when you're in rooms with very influential people, I mean, I knew I, I wasn't on the same, I couldn't buy lunch for everybody. I couldn't right. do all these things, you know, 
but I could listen. I could get to know them. I could find other ways. And one of the ways that I initially started bringing value was honestly connecting influential people with each other, because I just knew so many of them that now that became a value, but I was always looking for like, what's the value I bring first, because it doesn't always have to be like an equal exchange of the way people think about it, like money or the business opportunity can be kind of some of those other things. Um, So then my other big kind of question, because this is something quite honestly that I did struggle with for a very long time is how do you then when the time is right, how do you use, not use, that's the wrong word, but um, bring in that person for the connection, especially when it comes to business. Like like I said, I'd never asked anyone of my network for years and years and years, and I had tons of influential people um, that I'd known for five, six, seven years, never asked a thing of, and felt very uncomfortable with even the ask, like, hey, will you do the interview for my book? You know, So like, how do people get over that kind of last hurdle to, to do something with the network they've built. Well, there's the emotional anxiety, fear side, but the reality is, is if you've made enough deposits into that account, into that relationship, you've earned the right to make a withdrawal and to ask. Um, and it's not a hard ask either, you know? And I think what you were kind of recapping on the last point is if you're more interested in them than interesting, and you spend more time getting to know them and understanding them and seeing who you can connect them with, Who? what's that introduction you can make? What amount of time can you offer? What service can you provide to help solve an issue? You've done so much already that you've earned the right to say, you know, Sarah, uh, you know, I'm doing my book and and I, I hope it's not a huge ask, but I would love to have you, you know, you're an expert and I'd love to have your input in my book. Can we schedule a time where I can interview you for my book in that example, right? And yep. the way you term it uh, term it is again making them feel good and special and well as you probably experienced yeah. they all said yes right yep every single person they, I asked they, said yes. they all said yes and they were just like obviously like I would have been offended if you didn't ask <laughs> exactly exactly right yeah. um and the other thing is to understand that I have a, a business rule which is if I ask you to help me in your main business I pay you even if you're my best friend mm, yeah if I ask yeah. you to move help me move I'm not going to pay you. You're my friend, right? Like right. that's how I draw the line with friends. So with acquaintances, it's how can I give back? And maybe I don't have a ton of money, so it's not a money donation. But if I was going to say, hey, Sarah, would you let me interview you for my book? And in exchange, maybe I can um, make a small donation to your favorite charity or I can buy you a cup of coffee, you know, something trivial, right. but it's not trivial for me, but it's a gesture. It's saying I'm willing to compensate something or someone for this. Right. Right. And I want to show up too. Yeah. yeah. And if that's a bridge, if you're not ready to just ask, but the key is to just ask, I mean, you've earned the right. The difference yeah. is most people ask when they haven't made any deposits. And so that's why it feels weird. Once you made enough deposits, you have, I assure you, you will feel the relationship and you'll know, you'll know it's okay. Uh, people I ask too that. soon. Like that's the biggest mistake I see. And I mean, I spoke last night at a event and, you know, I did an entire hour on relationship capital. And afterwards, 40 people come up to me and they want to, you know, meet me and talk to me, whatever. And 22 of them did the same thing. I just went an hour on not doing, which is don't come <laughs> up and data dump yes. and be interesting about yourself. They were just, this is what I do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Can you help me? It's like, yep. well, I don't even remember your first name because I met you 10 seconds ago. You haven't earned the right yet to ask those favors. You, you may do it and you'll get those cold emails and those cold LinkedIn messages and those cold DMs where people are selling you their services. like, you're trying to sell me something I didn't ask for. It's a commercial. I'm turning it off, yeah. right? You need to be more interested in me if you want 
me to do something for you. And I need to be more interested in you if I want you to do something for me. And so you have to switch that paradigm. And then the asking or making the withdrawal is natural. It's just going to be there because you now have a relationship. So if it's business and I'm at a networking event, I'm not trying to close a deal there. That's not what you're meant to do. You're meant to build a Rolodex of people you met, know a few things about them, put notes in your phone. And that's a hack that I recommend everyone do, which is in the notes section, in the contact, put things you get to know about them. Yes. I love that. So you can search, right? So like I can do a search right now. Again, I'm a sports guy, so I use a sports analogy, but I can type Lakers in my phone and every Laker fan, a couple hundred people pop up. And so if I had, hadn't talked to you in three, four months there, and I want to maintain the relationship, Lakers win tonight. And I know you're a Lakers fan. I send you a message. Did you see the game last night? Yeah, Question. Yeah. Nothing about business just makes you realize, oh yeah, Jeff, he's, he, yeah, I did. Yes. Go Lakers. And now we're building more camaraderie and friendship, right? I did not know that you could search uh, via notes. That is a huge tip. Cause I, yeah. So I in the contact where you put a name, you know, yeah. when you put a name, you can right. put anything that's there. And if it's in the notes, all those people pop up. So you can put that's all amazing. those little tidbits stuff. So, you know, like in your contact with me, I, I can see your future board and know some things. Right. And know what's meaningful to you in some capacity and yeah. give me a reason to have a follow-up because that's where the next phase of challenge is. It's not, it's not how do you ask them to get into your business? It's okay. You met somebody at a networking event or, or a dinner or through a friend and you're like, well, I want to talk to Sarah again. I want to have, I just don't know what to say to her. Right. Uh, uh, and then I don't talk to you ever again. Yep. And that relationship died. And so that's why you want to get to know something about what their interests are, whether it's music food, travel, children, business, you know, books, yeah, yeah, sports, and have a reason through social life to connect and follow up. So if I learn that you're a country fan and, yep. you know, stagecoach is coming, or hey, Sarah, are you going to be at stagecoach? Question mark. Like that's a yeah, simple, yeah. it has nothing to do with your business, even though maybe I do want to sell you a product or service. But right. what I'm doing is, is I'm get, I'm showing you that I want to get to know you. And I know something about, you know, you said, oh, no, I can't make it this year. I really want to go, blah, blah, blah. We just had an exchange of a conversation yep. and it wasn't me selling you. And they're right? going to remember, right? It's those little things that they remember and that builds the trust uh, back and forth. So one of the biggest mistakes you see people make is ask too soon. 100% hear you on that completely. What's another one or two mistakes that, that you see people make when it comes to building business relationships? They try to tell me all about them. So they, they ask mm-hmm. favors too soon, but they spend the entire conversation telling me about their story, which is fine. The problem is I don't know you yet. Right. right. And if I call you and meet you and just start telling you all about me and my businesses and what I do and where I want to go. And you're like, yeah, that's great. Right. But it has no relevance, yeah. like no but, sticking power. to. Yeah. But yeah. we're going to both go about our day and it's never, nothing's ever going to come from it. And so the key there is again, spend 80% of the conversation getting to know them, asking questions. If they ask you something, oh yeah, you know, I have Everbull. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, but let's get back to your corporate coaching because I have so many questions about that, you know? Yeah. And I find things to ask where you get to be the expert. I want you to show off to me. I want you to feel great because like if you've ever been on a date and the person you went on a date with spoke about themselves the whole time. Oh my God. <laughs> you leave not liking that You are date. never going back, that's for sure. <laughs> they leave loving it though. Yeah. Right. Everybody loves a good listener. And so work on and practice asking those questions and getting someone to show off their expertise, show off what they love, talk about things that they love. Like if I'm an expert on relationship capital, 
or I think I am right. Yeah. And I like talking about it. If I'm meet you at an event and you come up and say, yo, you know, I, I, I heard you had that book. I'm so fascinated. Can you tell me more about that bug like concept? And I get to show off a little bit. Right. Like, well, that was cool, man. I like Sarah. She's really nice. Yeah. You know, I'm going to enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. It's that's the piece that you're going to remember. So when you do get the text a week from now, you're like, oh yeah, that was the one who was like super interested in my three concepts. Or, yes, yes. And she was super cool. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, Sarah, tell me again what you do. Yep. I love now, that. I want to get to know you now, right? Because we were strangers before, but now we're building that gap and it's not a get rich quick scheme. So for those right. listening and go, well, this is going to take time. Relationships take time. It's already to do. Yep. But here's the secret. It took 18 months for me to get the checkout clerk at Albertsons. 18 months later, it made me almost $10 million. I so was just, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say in the, when I got laid off from my corporate job, uh, it was after I sold the biggest deal of my entire life. It was the biggest deal the company had ever closed, ever. Uh, been working on it for six, seven months. That was a contact I had from two jobs ago that I had maintained that he would take my call every single time. He would clear his calendar to have lunch with me because we had a relationship. Um, mm -hmm. It was a company that the company I was working for had never even got a meeting in before I came along, right? They lay me off as soon as uh, the deal closes so they don't have to pay commission. Not wise on their part, but, <laughs> but that whole progression, which is, that was my decision point of like, I'm never going to work for anybody else again. No one's ever going to be able to take my bread off my table again. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out myself. Um, came from that relationship. And then what came out of that gave me a year to launch my business, you know, mm -hmm. because so I love the fact that like, it is absolutely not an overnight thing. It is, if it's genuine, you are building that over time, over time, over time. And then, like you said, when the opportunity is there and the moment is there, those people want to show up for you. It's a forever thing. And, yeah. and if you consistently and constantly make one quality relationship a day in life and you do that, five years are going to happen whether you do it or you don't. But I assure you the amount of opportunities and abundance that comes in to your sphere as a result of that behavior is exponential. It just is. Love I that. Mean, yeah, putting business, out the vibe. I had to bring it hundreds back. of clients, right? I had hundreds of payroll clients, but I make friends with my clients. So I get to know them at the same level. Even though they're already paying me, I still want to get to know them. And I send them those same reminders and I have little tidbits. So every day I do a little touch, a couple touches. Well, when I did my digital marketing agency, I went back and resold half of them to become digital marketing clients. Yeah. So I got to continue to make money, right? right. And those are valuable things. And so it's not a transaction. If you're a transactional human and don't realize the power of longevity with relationships, you're playing the hard game. Yep. Friends absolutely. joke and say it's fenster luck, but what it is, is <laughs> it is. But, but it's, it's work. It's been 20 years of, of work that you put into it, right? It was not an overnight thing. It's just luck that the checkout clerk at Albertsons had a brother who needed help. But you know what? He needed help whether she knew me or not. And, and I was just going to say the reason why the, that even came up was because you had had those conversations and she knew what you did. I think that's a, another really interesting point. When I um, first became an entrepreneur, it was very hard. This, this is probably a girl thing. I don't even know. But it was very <laughs> hard for me to go around and tell people what I did. I almost couldn't. I would go to networking events and people would say, oh, so what do you do? And I would be like, eh, eh, eh. you know, I coach. But, you know, like I just I, I felt very kind of uncomfortable having those conversations about, yeah, this is what I do. This is the service that I provide. This is what my company is. Um, is there anything for maybe even the the startup who is just kind of 
getting going, feeling confident, feeling comfortable, um, sharing what you do without feeling salesy. I think that was my fear always. I was like, I don't want someone to be like, oh shit, she's going to pitch me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, is there anything we can do to kind of expedite getting over that and being comfortable talking about what we do without feeling salesy? Well, the way you do it is you build enough trust where they ask you because they are now curious. And that's Uh, just like, I really don't, I'll go to an event. I'll meet a bunch of people. I'll know a bunch about a bunch of them. And I barely ever talk about my businesses and what I do. Yeah, yeah. The ones that ask, I share. The ones who don't, I don't care. I want to get to know you. And What's amazing is I end up selling more of my products and services because I don't tell them about me. Yeah. Because I got to know them. They want to now buy from me because they trust me. They like me. They want to do business with me. So again, it's not a get rich quick thing, but nothing ever is. Exactly. Nothing that is actually going to be successful is never going to be that way. Um, And you have a philosophy that you live by. It has a couple of things on it. Can you share that with us? Yeah, I mean, I have a few. So specifically, yeah. which one are we asking about? Okay, so the one that, that I'm thinking of um, is the make friends, right? Oh, yeah. make and, and Make friends and have fun. you have a word on there that I don't know what that means. Um, okay, so my, my core yeah, value. Tell me I about have, it, yeah. I have five of them. It's uh, make friends is my rule number one and have fun. Take immediate decisive action. Kaizen, which is to get 1% better every day okay. and be remarkable and be change ready. And those are the five main core values. Yeah, the idea of getting 1% better every day. I think the challenge we have is we're not good at something and we think we need to be an expert. And that gap is so big that, and it's so intimidating, we get paralyzed, we get stuck and we get nowhere. Best example I can, or metaphor I can give or analogy would be someone who's out of shape and they want to get in shape. It's December 31st, January 1st is a day I'm going to change. Yeah. I'm going to immediately stop eating all the food I used to eat. I'm going to work out every day, even though I haven't been doing any of these things. So you do the first day and you, you're excited and motivated. And then the next day you're sore as hell because you worked out and you hadn't done it in a long time and you're starving because you haven't been eating this way. So you fall off, you break the habits and you go back to your old way. The better path would be Kaizen. So what does 1% better mean? Well, you know what, if I haven't been exercising, what if I just put on my gym clothes today and watch Netflix? Yep. I love uh, that. I you're that? setting yourself up for failure. You're setting you're yourself up to stack your wins, one win at a time, one little one. Oh my God. Win the day. Philosophy so completely. each day you do a little bit more. Tomorrow, can I put on my gym clothes and go to the grocery store? Yeah. yeah. The next day, can I put on my gym clothes and walk or run to the mailbox? Yeah. The next day, could I put on my gym clothes and walk or run to the neighbor's mailbox? Yeah. The next day, could I walk or run to the third mailbox? Right. Yes. And if you keep doing that every day, the the next step is so easily obtainable for you that you've yep. built a habit, you built sustainability and you start to win the day. And I, I use the word win stack and you stack your wins. And yeah. before long, it's, you know, 75, 90, 150 days in. And you're like, yeah, you know, I've been, your people this are is like, just what I do. It's who I am. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're running a mile or, you know, getting on the bike or going to the gym and lifting weights. If, if exercise is the goal, but yeah. it applies in business. If you're not comfortable making friends yet and having these net outward networking calls, Today, say hi to somebody at the grocery store. Just that, hey, how are you? And move on. Uh, the next day, hey, how are you? And ask one question about something they're wearing. Mm. And keep working on that to the point where you're like me, where it's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to talk your ear off, but I'm trained. I'm skilled. I've worked on this. I've honed this ask, this attribute. Yeah. You know, It's not like I'm starting from day one. My day one was 
20 years ago. So I'm exactly, yeah. ties in my way to this point. Can I still get better? Of course. You know, I have my own goals right. and my own 1%, but that's the idea is just to set micro goals that allow you to grow and scale because that's how success happens. Uh, I love that. And listeners, I hope you really, really get that, understand that, write it down because that's not how most people do it. Most people over goal themselves that turns into this giant weight. that's keeping them at the bottom of the freaking ocean. And it's like, no, do it the other way. Turn that whole paradigm upside down and you're going to feel motivated. You're going to want to show up for yourself because every day you feel like you are winning. And it just to me, it's like, hello, <laughs> makes so much more sense. Um, okay. So I'm going to link uh, the book, obviously, and your podcast uh, in the show notes. Everybody go get the book. Um, Jeff, can you tell us um, anywhere you want everybody to uh, go besides maybe Instagram or what are you working on now that uh, people can get involved in what you're doing? Well, I have a show with entrepreneur.com called the Jeff Fenster show. So if you're interested in hearing about success formulas, I believe success is formulaic. It's available for everybody. So everyone can have it. And we interview extremely successful people. Um, It's on the entrepreneur platform as well as everywhere podcasts and YouTube. So you can go see it or listen to it. Uh, Jefffenster.com at Fenster Jeff on social. Happy to, uh, if you want to buy the book, it's on Amazon. And I have some courses with LinkedIn and I like to connect with people. So Please don't be shy. Um, I truly am the make friends and have fun guy because yes, it's I'm selfish. I make a lot of money and do a lot of fun things as a result, but I give a lot and I'm selfless yeah. to become selfish. So um, I'd love to meet you if you're watching or listening, reach out. Let's see if we can't build a friendship. Yeah. And I have to say, thank you for living that philosophy because that's how we're connected right now. That's yeah. how we got on there. I did the cold DM, you know, and here we are. So I really appreciate you for not just talking it, but living it. Lots of gurus out there don't do that. And I respect that so much. And thank you so much for your time. And everybody get out there and continue to hustle and thrive. Until next time. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on the Sarah Centrella Show.